Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode seven of Love Cars on the Grid, where we take a look back at the World Championship events from last weekend. I look forward to two more next weekend, plus a lot of other stuff going on as well, uh, including the return of the British touring cars, which is, of course, non-stop action. But instead of kicking off with the Portuguese Grand Prix, which was a very tense battle between Red Bull and McLaren, which is uh, McLaren, Red Bull and Mercedes. I bet McLaren wish it was a tense battle of them. Uh, we're going to kick off with some really special racing with uh, the one and only Tiff Nadell at the Donington Historic. How was that, Tiff? You were in three different races. From the look of it, it didn't go too well. Oh, we had a terrible weekend. John Spears, who so kindly lets me drive his cars, you know, had this chance to race an E-type Jaguar and four Capri and a Lister Nobly. And they're all competitive cars, but they all broke down all <laughs> while I was driving. I've, I've got to get a photo of them. I've done an Alonso because I managed to sit myself in a deck chair and put my feet up and got a photographer. Hopefully I'll track him down today and tweet the photo. But uh, yeah, the Ford Capri has had a great battle with the other Capris and um, the dry prop shaft broke at the, the Universal Joint. Uh, the E-Type, we were having a great battle in that as well. And the head gasket went, which is a, a, a big old E-Type problem. And then the Lister Jaguar, of all things, um, there was a, one of you know, here these, these petrol connectors, the fast-fit connectors, so when you have a crash, it pulls open and then nothing leaks. Dry brakes, they call them. Well, the flipping thing broke on its own <laughs> and cut the fuel off. Oh, no. Oh, so I've met it. the marshals. Thank you very much. I always loved the marshals of Great Britain, and I'm, I managed to meet three different posts by parking up in front of them this weekend, so I've had a very friendly time with the marshals and perhaps not quite enough time. But I'm still, I'm, I'm still so lucky just to drive the cars for half a race. Uh, you know, was still a magnificent experience. So uh, wonderful was, weekend, amazing grids up at up at Donny's. Oh, of course, nobody great. could come on. But it was all streamed. It, it's so hard to, I think, these clubs to get the the news out that you know they're streaming all day long. But it was, uh, it was there was streaming available. Well, DK Engineering, they were uh, instrumental in making all that happen. And fair play to yeah. them because I watched quite a lot of it online. Didn't see much of you though, sadly. Uh, no. Too busy anyway, breaking can down. We go back to Grand Prix. Can we get okay. back, please? I'm well, it was it. it was exciting. Of course, it was Mercedes and not McLaren uh, tussling out with Red Bull as they did in the opening two races, and it looks like Mercedes just about taking the upper hand once again with Lewis. Oh, another masterclass. I don't care what you say about him; he is a magnificent driver. I know everyone said, but the race pace, you know, other you know outside, everyone's commenting, you know. I mean, yes, I think Mercedes have got the, the, the pace back a bit with this change of regulations, caught them out, this you know high, low, different um, profiles of cars. And I think they reeled in uh, Red Bull's early advantage. Uh, and Max is sort of making mistakes. You know, he maybe could have had pole, but he broke the track limits. And, of course, later in the race, he broke the track limits going for the, the fastest lap. So he's a bit rattled, you know, but... Uh, Lewis, yeah, you know, made those two moves. You know, he, he, he got jumped by Verstappen at one stage, but he got back past Max and then got past Valtteri and, and then just controlled the race. Not, not the big excitement of the first two races. A fairly, fairly strung out event. But, uh, you know, there was lots of stuff going on back down the grid. You know, the Alpines had a good weekend. I thought they were going to die a death earlier on. But uh, they had a great Alonso weekend. coming back, yeah, yeah. 
But, uh, um, I, I mean, Max is a world world class driver. He's going to be a he's going to be a champion. There's no question. Um, but it, it was un, unusual to see him make a couple of mistakes, and it's unusual to see Mercedes make a mistake in the sense that they let Bottas come in to try and get that extra one point for the fastest lap. Good point. They, they did it one lap too early, in my opinion, yeah, because it gave yeah. Max the opinion to come and do it. And, yeah, and, it's, it, was... and it looks like it's going to be so tight this year that that could have made a big difference at the end of yeah. the year. They really shot themselves in the foot. But also, yeah. you know, if, if, if nobody had pitted, then, then maybe Lewis would have got fast. Lap. All three of them would have been going for the fastest lap on their worn, hard tyres. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Red Bull are raging about the stuff, but he was well off the road. And, you know, there were other occasions. I think there was an interesting point, though, that Red Bull was saying also uh, they allowed Norris to go off track to overtake um, Perez earlier on. But the point was, but I actually agree with Red Bull on this one, because the FIA have said the overtake actually happened at turn five hairpin. What Lando had done was go off limits at turn four, and that gives you the extra speed. You yeah. don't actually gain an advantage visually at that part, but you have exited turn four with another two or three miles an hour, and he used that off limits return to the track to get the momentum to then dive bomb um, uh, Perez at the hairpin. And so... That is a, another grey area where, you know, he did gain an advantage, but not at turn four. It happened to turn later. Do you know the way to um, get away, with, to, to get around it, Tiff? No, grapple, is it, is this grapple, son, grapple. <laughs> but talking of turn five, I mean, Boss has a gain, and he's done this a lot in the past. He gave in to Max too easily. Did he I mean, ever? Yeah. What was, I mean, just at least, even if you think your tyres are all too cold and you're not getting grip, I mean, go down the inside of the road and make the bloke go the other side. It was, it, I've noticed that in the past. He suddenly just seemed to let someone by. I'm, um, so, I'm going to put it. Out, I'm going to put it out there with Bottas. I'm going to put it out there that he is probably the. Not, they're all competitive, but I don't think he's a team player at all. If I think he'll be delighted if Max beat Lewis, <laughs> honestly, and I'm going to put it out there. Maybe I'm. Maybe that's a bit unfair with uh, with Bottas because yeah, he's, he's a class hat. But uh, of course, Lando Lando Norris, another great best of the rest, another fantastic fourth for McLaren. So that was fifth McLaren best of the rest. Uh, Alpine's doing well. Alpha Tori is very disappointing. They, they had a lot of promise in testing with Gasly and uh, Tsunoda, and that hasn't really worked out. Um, George had a you know fantastic qualified eleventh, and we were hoping why we'll get some Williams points, but then he faded backwards terribly to you know in the race pace. But one of the highlights of the race was perhaps Mick Schumacher overtaking Latifi. <laughs> yeah. um, everyone got quite excited towards the end of the race, and Mick had a. You know, I think I will, you know, I'm still not sure about Mick for outright pace, but I've always believed he's a fantastic racer. That's where he stood out to me in Formula Two the preceding years. And you know, May's opinion in Formula Two was you know pretty much the equal, not far behind uh, the Mick. And um, but he again, May's been about the back and didn't see Perez coming and uh, got reprimanded. He made another cock up. So um, poor bloke. No, I mean, nice he's not. It. He's not doing himself any favours, is he? They're calling him the, the, the mobile chicane. I saw somebody wrote that on Twitter. A five-second penalty for that. Then he did the complete opposite with the with the, some of the other people that were overtaking him. He was so far out of the way and so slow that he obviously hindered his race. Not that it really matters when you're coming yeah. in 19th place anyway. No, good stuff. Of course, no, weirdly now, because of all the COVIDs and stuff and fixtures, there was no support events from either Formula 2 or Formula 3. The actual support event was for this um, Formula Open Formula 3, which is a Formula 3 on a budget. Only 13 cars there, but it was quite interesting because Cameron Daz 
not Diaz, <laughs> Cameron Daz, an American kid, won all three races, so maybe he's a name to look out for the future. Uh, and the best Brit out there was Louis Foster, who had a couple of second places, but small field, not a big supporter why, there. Why no F2 or F3, Tiff? Well, I don't know. They, they, all this Because the, the fixture chaos, basically, was the main thing. And they, they've cut the Formula 3 and Formula 2s to only seven Grand Prix each, and Formula women get... Um, the W Series, I keep on saying that wrong way. You know, the W Series, the support event at five Grand Prix, so it's been very much broken up and not the same sort of every weekend, which I think most spectators enjoyed more. Yeah. What? Um, who got the fastest pit stop? Have a guess. Oh, don't talk about fit. The commentators were going on about pit stops. I know Red Bull, you go on about them as well. I don't care. Don't you see it? It's, it's, it's surely it's a really important part of the race because if you come in and you've only got a, a, a certain amount of window yeah, and, and, and Lewis is getting a three and a half second it's pit stop. It's all right, it matters. And the Max is getting 1.98 seconds. So uh, Red Bull are just uh, always, always on it with no. pit stops. I'll tell you what then, I'll give you another stat since you're annoyed with that one. <laughs> they talk. They talk. They talk about it's always the car, not the driver. Particularly when it comes to Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Tell me, who was the last driver to win a drivers' championship when the constructor, when the car didn't win the constructors' championship? Oh, flip it now. I don't know. I'll put you know. out of your misery. Lewis Hamilton in two thousand and eight in a McLaren when Ferrari with Kimi and Felipe went on to win the constructors. So yeah, yeah. all these people saying it's the car, of course, it's a massive contributor. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Do you like that picture? No, yeah, no pit stops. They are amazing. They are amazing pit stops, but um, you just can't see them blink. I don't so know who does the stopwatch. Who, <laughs> when it's so tight? I actually don't know who's timing it because you you've got to wait until the wheels stop and then as soon as the wheel moves, so it's quite a it's quite a tricky thing. I don't know if it's done electronically, whether it is someone in a box pressing a button. because It would be the... electronically. Electronically, I think, as soon as it goes up, I think, uh, yeah. as soon as the jack, jack goes up. So, quite exciting. Portimao, what a lovely circuit. You, of course, uh, messed around with Chris Harris there and a, and yeah. a few um, hypercars, <laughs> which is one of the best videos on YouTube. We don't mind promoting other people's videos as well, do we, Tiff? No, Once no. In a while. especially Chris's... Chris's uh, such a great driver you know the drifting we were doing around Portimao was just such a fun time so yeah. certainly talk about that good times um so moving from Portugal to Spain World Endurance Championship kicked off with six hours of spa Belgium who's written Spain have I written Spain you told you me my it was one? Belgium no it was sorry it was, we, we went from Portugal I beg your pardon we're going to Spain next week for the Formula One next week for Formula and then one, we, we went to we went to Spa, spa is in Belgium isn't it is that where that racetrack is that kind of <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we no. went to Spa with uh, World Endurance for the six hour there and nobody really notices do they I mean it's such a shame I mean they've changed the regulations we've got this beginning of the hypercar and, and then there's the LMP1, the Daytona, the American form. They're going to merge next year. Uh, and we have got Porsche and Ferrari in a couple of years coming, you know, coming back into the world endurance. So I do hope it is going to get brilliant again. But, you know, at the moment we've got Toyota, the only two cars last year, obviously won everything. Uh, they were only, they were two of just three cars that joined the new formula for the new championship. They're only just a bit quicker. The LMP2s, they were actually complaining and wanted the LMP2 slowed down more. But um, Toyota duly won the race and they came third as well. And the second car had a brake problem and dropped off. And Alpine, the, which is really an uprated MP2 car, to be honest, uh, came through to second. But, you know, it, it's such a form. It doesn't catch the public's attention. You know, there's 33 cars out there. Was it three LMP1s, 14 LMP2s, five 
Pro-Am GTs and 11 um, Pros, or the other way around. And, you know, there's 99 drivers, you know, most being employed. I mean, some of the amateurs bring in the sponsorship. And so it's a fantastic formula for, for drivers. Le Mans comes once a year as a part of their, their season. But the rest of the races don't really get the interest they deserve. But um, it was but a great got, race nevertheless. If you've got all those cars um, and you've got all those drivers, just think of the crews that go with it as well. It's, it's, it's yeah. awful, really, that it doesn't get yeah. the, the awareness that perhaps it should. And it's proper, full-on racing as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've got the just to mention for the Brits out there. I think we've got a, Mike Conway was always in the unlucky Toyota. He must have lost Le Mans about four times on the trot now, Mike. And he's probably the fastest of the Toyota drivers most of the time. He was in the car that had the brake problems. It's awful terrifying brake by wire, which you know, I remember Max going off once in the Red Bull because part of the third place crew. LMP2, we had first place, Phil Hansen was in the, in the part of the crew in the winners. Anthony Davidson was uh, out there racing instead of being a Sky Pundit. He finished second in LMP2. Uh, Tom Blumquist was third in the LMP2s. Alex Brandle, fifth. Lots of British drivers up there. Some bloke called Juan Pablo Montoya was out there. <laughs> still loving racing, and we all love him. He was 10th in that class. And an 11th in the LMP2s with the all-female team of Calder and uh, Florsch and Vessa. So lots of different stories out there. You know, Montoya, the girls' team. Um, GTE Pro had James Collado. He's got a fantastic racing career for Ferrari, came second. Um, and special mention to finish the whole spa weekend, and it is a very special, Oliver Gavin. He came fourth in the Corvette, and he's uh, hung up his helmet. He's retired. He's made that his last race. And Oliver's one of these races, he was the Formula 3 champion in 1995, a British Formula 3 champion, nearly got a Grand Prix drive. He was right on the cusp of, you know, being the Lex Norris button, whatever you want. Didn't get that single-seater opportunity, went off like so many drivers to do GT, and got this Corvette factory drive in, was it 2002, I think it was, he began, and has just had a fabulous motor racing career. You know, he's won his class at Le Mans five times, He's won his classes Sebring five times. He's won the IMSA Championship three or four times. Uh, you know, earned good money. Probably not got the house in Monaco like, you know, the other Formula One boys have. And uh, so a lovely guy. He's and, a lovely uh, chap. So I, I had the pleasure. Yeah. yeah, I had the pleasure to meet him and interview him at uh, Le Mans a couple of years ago. Uh, I was there with Cor Corvette. Uh, lovely chap as well. Very humble. Yeah. He's opening, he's opening a driving school in Germany with, uh, with Chevrolet, surprises. So uh, you can go over to Germany and drive at Oliver Gavin. But uh, well done, Ollie. Fantastic career and uh, well done for such great achievements. Um, Good. Here, here. Um, so we're moving to two wheels, Tiff, and that man yes, again. Yes, our third world championship event and that man again. MotoGP. Susie Perry now wants little Acostas in her house. She, <laughs> she wants 10 baby Acostas. She's absolutely, if you saw the so television after the end of the race. <laughs> so we're talking, of course, about Pedro Acosta. And um, he didn't know very qualified. He was down in 13th on the grid. And he, can, he slices his way through and learns and goes. And once again, like a, a Portemire the previous time, the last time, the overtakes he can do and still hold the bike tight to the apex. 
the last time he overtook the other two Red Bulls down into the tightest of hairpins from way back, still got the bike down at the apex, didn't run wide, which happens so often in bikes so the others can cut back, held the apex, but he's now leading on the last lap, which at, at um, not Valencia, in, um, where was the circuit called? The track they were at, the track they were at, which is one of the famous bike tracks. You don't want to lead on the last lap. It's traditional because the final corner is another tight hairpin left this time. But again, no, he led all the way. And again, he stayed on the inside, broke later than anybody else, and yet still managed to hold down into the apex. He's got this incredible braking skills uh, without running wide and taking everybody off. And it was just a stunning win. So is he going to be world champion? Probably by next week. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps winning like this. Place, yeah. The second place, then three Grand Prix wins on the trot. I mean, it's just amazing. And he's such a nice guy after the interview. And there's nothing. He did the sort of normal bit about the race and then walked away. Then, oh, no. And I must thank my, my mother's birthday or Christmas or anniversary or something. And then we cut back to the studio where Susie's gooey eyes and everything Aww. else. <laughs> I hope he stays that humble um, uh, as he as he goes older and more successful. He doesn't leap about and, and amazingly feet on ground and feet on pegs or whatever they do on bikes. Sadly, um, our British um, contingent was quickly down from three to one in MotoGP this weekend because John McPhee... But what is it, the fourth race running ended up on the deck. And this time, his own fault, he just plain lost in the very high, high speed corner. He, the back went out and he high sided over the top, big shunt. So sadly, uh, John McPhee has another awful weekend. Uh, in um, Moto2, Jake Dixon, who's our up and coming motor, he had a huge crash in warm up, uh, couldn't start, wasn't allowed to start the race. So we were left only, our only representative all weekend that finished the race was Sam Lowe's, who course won the first two races and had a good third place so he, he's back he had, a, he had a crash uh last time out at portimao so um yeah not so good for the brits but um at least sam Lowe's was there and then the moto gp itself of course the big story was uh the much loved jack miller having his first uh grand prix win as ducati and um jack's well, he's just one of these you know Puck a rugged Aussie who's fought his way up the rankings and got into MotoGP and he's always at it and he loves the wet and goes better in the wet because he risks life more than anybody else. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was in tears at the end. His parents couldn't come, what with all the COVID, yeah. and he, he had his first win. You could see the emotion. That's what I love about MotoGP, whether it's Susie in tears on the TV studio or the entire Ducati team hugging, jumping up and down. You know, in Formula One, you see a bit of a fist pump, you know, and a bit of a hug and a bit of a clap, you know, but MotoGP, you know, Jack leapt out of the area he should have stayed in and went ran and hugged every member of the Ducati team. And um, no, it's, it's just... It's no, just... I, I disagree with you. I think the emotion is there in Formula One and all sort of racing. I, I, I know what you mean, but think when Gasly won last year, yeah, he stayed on the podium. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah I suppose when, that was When true, it's your first, was, yeah. your first win and uh, you see the elation of all, all of the teams. Yeah. And that's, I think that that really um, is motor racing in general, I think, Tiff, all over. Yeah. But well, well done. And, and I got my Pedro Costa flag ready for, uh, <laughs> for the next uh, outing as well. Over <laughs> to the USA, plenty of IndyCar and NASCAR, as always. It was the Bushy McBush 400... <laughs> <laughs> and it was won by, by Bush. Kyle Bush. 
Um, you I just can't make that I'm up. Not on you. I love NASCAR racing. I mean, as the names of these races, yeah, the Bushy <laughs> McMush, Bush, Bushy McBush 400, won by Kyle. And it was great telly again. It was actually quite a drawn out race. But again, as I always said, you have to follow someone. The 18, Kyle Bush is one of my, our second favourite. Our number five, Kyle Larson. And he came from the back and he just had all the speed and it just looked like he was going to win easily. And he was out front, pulling away every segment of the race. But the great thing about NASCAR is in most America, it only needs a, a yellow, you know, a small incident to happen in the backfield. And then you have to have the restart, and then you're in trouble. And one of the fascinating things about NASCAR that often happens, which is classic happened this weekend. Um, so Carl was up front and there was a crash and there's only about 20 laps to go, and your tyres are 20 laps old, and tyres make a huge difference in the speed of NASCARs. So the huge question, do you pit for new tyres? But if the front 10 pit, the second 10 won't. So at the restart, the people that were 10th to 20th are first to 10th, and the front packer with the new tyres. So anyway, Kyle chose not to pit. The first six or seven didn't pit, followed him, and the guys at the back then had the new tyres. So then the restarts, you've got the guys that were you know, behind it, now with the fresh rubber, charging through speed differentials, more crashes, more restarts, and uh, Kyle Larson ended up about 19th for on Kyle. And I think the final restart, he was, he was um, running fourth behind um, the twelve. And anyway, he tried to push him, because they all push each other on these restarts, but he pushed him too hard in the corner and set him sideways, and they both hit the wall, and um, Bush came through to win the Bush. Uh, amazing entertainment. I know sometimes it's drawn out of the middle, and um, but uh, I beg people to win. And that was a good track. There's always some tracks that are really dull, and others are you know very exciting. And the Texas track is one of those that usually tends to, to turn out good racing. Of course, then we had the IndyCar, um, that a bit processional. That's that really high speed, uh, two hundred mile oval at Texas Speedway, uh, in the first run. But again, you know, we got um, Jack Harvey, our British driver out there, did so well. You know, he was running fourth in the first race, finished seventh. But he's up the front. He's he's running with the leaders in a sort of a, a second division team. Uh, and on the second race, he was running fourth when he had a wheel bearing failure, so not much joy. Big shunt at the opening of the second race. They often have these shunts. It's always at the back of the field in IndyCar because they have these rolling starts. They're always tightly packed. But the guys at the back always tend to sort of hang back a bit and then hope they can get momentum <laughs> when it goes green, 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 green. But of course, you know, 100 miles an hour, if the brakes aren't really there to, to stop the cars because they, they have very minimal brakes because it's a flat out circuit. So they don't have great brakes. So as soon as there's any sort of slight concertina effects, it was Fittipaldi this time that went straight at the back of, um, it was a, a Bourdais and so said to him, Simon, we had this chain reaction accident. And Connor Daly, who I think, he, I think he was starting at the back. And I reckon when I saw the replay, you couldn't quite see where he started. But I reckon he held back about 10 or 20 yards, hoping to time his run perfectly. So he'd overtake about four cars around the outside of turn one. And said he just arrived at the accident, going about 30 miles an hour quicker than anybody else, and ended up crossing the start finish line upside down on his rollover hoop and um, ended up in the infield. And it's amazing. They've got the windscreens now, no injuries at all. The cars look but, cool, um, don't they? I think they do look cool. I'm getting used to yeah. it. At first, it was a bit of a shock, but uh, so the back of the pack was obliterated and that got rid of about six cars. But out front, we had a really a wonderful, another fantastic, you know, good news story, just like Jack Miller in, in the MotoGPs, because we had Pato Ward yeah, winning that second race, his first ever win in IndyCar. 
And uh, we've got this lovely thing because Zach Brown promised me one, he'd get a Formula One test drive in yeah. McLaren because he, of course, he McLaren drives the McLaren. Arrow yeah. McLaren. So, uh, yeah, say, another quote. And you say it's all flat out, but I was really quite surprised at how much lock is always on the steering wheel. They, they do some really good in-car uh, in footage. Yeah, yeah they're, not, they're not actually full throttle in the race as the tire wear goes down. They're full throttle yeah. through at full laps. So, yeah, there's plenty of... And when you he had these fast line, hands, yeah. one, one moment when he was down inside, I think he was inside, uh, and he had a moment, and, you know, the speed, you haven't got long to get those things back straight before they, they'd gone. And if you got, so, went onto the rubber line just off, off the, the, oh, the yeah. sort of concrete, you were done for, you straight into the wall. But uh, yeah, We call it marbles in Formula 1. They marbles, call it the grey. Marbles, darling. You got into the grey, in the okay. grey, and you <laughs> never get it back again. Once you're in the grey, you just <laughs> genteely slide up. But yeah, I mean, still amazing speed. You know, they're still running around at 220 miles an hour flat out. And, uh... One thing I noticed between IndyCar and uh, F1, because they must share a lot of the same technologies, but the audio, in-car audio between Formula One is is good. It's, it's very good uh, communication. But with IndyCar, is it that much louder, Tiff? Because it, it noticeably, you can't hear it as well or as clearly. With the audio yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know why, but they are a bit loud. But they're, they're, they're turbo engines. They're not, you know, yeah. high revving, you know, super noisy engines. But uh, maybe the air in the cockpit's a bit noisier. Yeah, but, um, it was good. So I'm hoping for Jacko. Jacko next race there. I don't know what it's a couple of months to do because it's Indianapolis month May always, and they've got a road course race where Jack Harvey's led in the past. So we're hoping that. But then of course the Indy 500 will come later. Come on, Jacko, um, yeah. bring it home, boys. That's another first-time winner, which I'm so looking forward to seeing because he's another, you know, like Ollie Gavin. He's grafted his way, grafted his way into a professional career, um, not in Formula One like everybody wants at first, but you know, in IndyCar. And that, that's going to be a great day when Jack Harvey has his first win. Good. We look forward to that, and we look forward to next weekend because Formula One's going to Barcelona. What's that track like, yeah. Tiff? Any good? Well, that's the boring Barcelona, where nobody ever overtakes, isn't it? I mean, oh, they haven't changed the circuit. I'm not. Why with all this money they don't just make get a designer down? I'll go down with my pen and you know <laughs> if you made turn one tighter, you know, make it a tighter right and then a loopier left, you know, dig a bit more hillside out for goodness sake and try to make something happen. So you're not um, I, I, I'm I'm sensing that you're not a big fan of uh the Catalonia circuit. Well, it's great on your own. Again, it's a track which, you know, the drivers, they love going to Barcelona. They test there, you know. Yeah. It's fantastic on your own because it's got every different type of corner, but it's just a circuit that seems to spread people out and, and not allow much overtaking uh, until the tyre wear goes really bad and then you can get them. Okay. Because we've got the Formula 3 support event this weekend, haven't Good. we? So it's the debut of the Formula 3s and um, there's not much British interest. There's 30 cars... Um, and uh, there's some good names there to look out for. Watch these support races, everybody, because I know, you know, when I'm hosting at Silverstone for the Grand Prix weekend and I've got all these corporates in a champagne boozy tent, you know, and I'm the sort of announcer, I keep on saying, that Formula 3 race is about to start. Formula 2 race is about to, you know, look at... No, they just wait for the Formula. <laughs> they paid hundreds well, for a family. They paid thousands of pounds. And I try to get people to watch the support events and but F2 and F3, they're competitive, mad. they're exciting. Brilliant racing, yeah. brilliant racing. And now this year, there's two reverse grid races on the Friday and then the one um, sprint, the run proper race on the, on the Sunday. So, but no, names, names that stand out. We've got Arthur Leclerc, the younger brother of, um, of Charles Leclerc. So we've got Leclerc. We've got Jack Doohan for Motorbike Boys, the son of uh, Mick Doohan. 
So that's great. We've got a, we've got a Schumacher. We've got David Schumacher, nephew of uh, Michael Schumacher and son of Ralph Schumacher. We've got a Nanini as well, a nephew of Alessandro Nanini. So four uh, famous names of the past. The Brits, we've got Ollie Caldwell, an 18 year former Janetta Junior champion, if you've been following you know, the BTC. Again, the great thing about BTCC, there's um, so many support events. So Ollie Caldwell will be rooting for. But the one we're really interested in, I think, with due respect to Ollie, is this um, Johnny Edgar, because he's a Red Bull protege. So he's on that famous ladder of Red Bull stardom. He's only 17. Wow. Um, he was a karting star. He won the German Formula 4 Championship last year. So, you know, he's got that money. Ollie's still going to find his own sponsorship, but Johnny's on the Red Bull ladder. And if you can have a good year in Formula 3, then Formula 2, so 17 now, Johnny Edgar. So watch the, the Formula future. 3 as well. <laughs> um, and I think Formula it might be more exciting... Yeah. More excited than the Formula One race this weekend, but you know, you never know. You never know. A bit of rain in Spain. Weather's been a bit funny these days. Hopefully, something will happen. I like the rain. I like the rain. The drivers must hate it, and the <laughs> engineers even more so. But um, uh, Formula E is back this weekend. It's going to Monaco, and it, I yes. think it needs to go there and make a bit of an impression. I think uh, we would like to see that as well. Well, big I test, big test. They have to have a good weekend in Formula E, and. Uh, I don't, it's going to be the most challenging circuit for, for saving energy. So I worry there's going to be a lot more lifting and coasting than normal. They've got to cut, they've tightened a couple of the corners. So you can't compare lap times, but um, in order to slow them more, to allow them to do more regen. So, uh, but it is a big um, showcase event. And if it comes out with another fast, I mean, they've got to look at their own inside themselves with their regulations. They get too petty as they tend to, you know, cars are moving backwards and forwards on the grid and, uh, give them so many penalties but yeah. I don't know they've still got that you know loop where you have to go out the funny thing about the attack mode is that actually because you'll normally lose places going into the loop to get it you actually don't want the flipping it's actually a pain because you'll see <laughs> yeah, the, when, they have, exactly. when they have a pace car they all dive in <laughs> exactly to use and yeah. get rid of the flip and attack mode so <laughs> Occasionally it's worked for some drugs, but I've never actually seen the attack mode sort of really make that much difference by the end of the race. But uh, yeah. good be... luck to Formula E. We'll be watching. Yep, we will be watching. That, we'll be know. supporting. We'll be supporting and watching. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. It's still motorsport and there's some race. Another Again, another you know, 20 drivers earning good money. It's still a race of lots of engineers. It's a good career, Formula E. Lots of talent. They've got to well. somehow make it work better. They will. Um, and last, but by no means least, is the return of BTCC, which is exciting. And it's at your kind of home track, really, Thruxton. Thruxton, the big ball circuit. With, with, with due respect to Jade Edwards, who's, of course, joining, <laughs> joining the... Uh, I, think, I think we should be able to call it big balls tracks. Yeah, even, even though the women are now joining the sport, it yeah. just means a, a feisty track. A scary track. And those touring cars round the back at Thruxton, they are scary. I've never driven them there. But the boys tell me, and Jade, that um, it, it's hanging on to those things. They're sort of front-wheel drive designed to sort of be a bit steppy out at the back to get rid of the inherent front-wheel drive understeer. And when they're steppy out at the back, round the back at Thruxton, it is quite spooky and um, a fabulous what challenge. What do you about quite spooky? You do it... You do it week in, week out in that M4, going sideways, giving people the, the laps uh, around there. <laughs> but, but that's a nice rear-wheel drive car. So I yeah. think the rear-wheel drive boys. But um, so, I mean, we, we got 
you know, so much about the weekend. It's not just, of course, the touring, because I've said earlier, we've got Janetta Juniors and there's Formula Fours. The, the whole afternoon of telly is just great entertainment. And I think everybody loves touring cars. And, you know, people I meet, you know, they talk more about BTCC yeah. than Formula One these days. Well, it's exciting. And and names coming back, your old mate, Plato's coming back. Any, any yeah, other, anyone else to watch and look out for? Not, that's the, the bigger news, probably Gordon Shedden coming back, of course. He's back in, his, in the Honda team. So that's quite big news. Um, yeah, and Plato's out there looking for his 100th win. I, thought, I don't know, is it him or Lewis that's going to get to 100 wins first <laughs> in the competition? <laughs> But Jason, the old fox, he'll be out there stirring trouble. He'll be talking. If his car's slow, he'll be trying to turn the screws in the organisers to get more boost, and he'll be upsetting everybody and loving other people. And he, he's our full Marmite touring car man. So I love watching Jason. He's going to be in the thick of it. Um, Turkington, of course, always a favourite. Yep. You know, the BMW has to be a favourite. Always goes well. Um, Tom Ingram's a name I always think. He seems to start seasons well and then fade. He's out in a Hyundai, Hyundai, Hyundai. And so Tom could be the dark horse, but uh, Jack other Goff, stories, Jack. of course, Joe. Yeah, Jack Goff, he, he runs out of money and can't get a top team, but he's, he's, he had a good test session recently. So Jack could be out there. Jay. The status quo fans, we've got yeah. Rick Parfit, yeah. Jr., so loves him, Ricky GT. I think he's a bit worried because he won GT3 in, in uh, the British GT Championship, you know, sharing with a pro driver. So you know, you're not just you driving. Um, but he wanted, I met him at Thraxton because he came down to Thraxton when we were having a, a day to have some instruction around Thraxton. He never raced a touring car around there. And I said, What on earth are you doing this touring cars for? You're a, you're a GT driver. <laughs> And he just said it's a it's a box he had to tick. It's a tick box. I've got to do it, Tiff. But I think he'll be towards the back of the grid. But um, he's full of that energy, you? that boy. He's um, so Rick Parker oh. Jr. He's got Crohn's disease, so, but he's and he's yeah. quite public about it. But uh, what, yeah. what a lovely chap! I wish him. Well if you want well. to hire a band, if you're a company out there that wants a band to entertain at your party, he has the most greatest live <laughs> action. You know, using you know, it's not using his own material, but he's absolutely fabulous on stage. Just gives it forever. But yeah, but Jade Edwards, obviously, you know, huge big up for Jade. We love Jade. Battled so hard to yep. get the money and the backing and, you know, touring cars is her dream. And now she's in for a full season. Um, when she's in a high and dive, no, she's not. What's she in? You tell me. You're the, you're the BTCC. No, she's a Honda. She's a Honda. Honda. She? I always forget all these cars. Well, I mean, all, they're all the same under the body shell, most of them, because they're, they're all BTCC cars with the suspension and different body shells. But yeah, so. I, mean, I still think Ash Sutton, Ash Sutton is the favourite. Ash, I think, is such a talented young driver. He and he's, he's got this rear-wheel drive infinity going. So I still see Ash as the, as the season's favourite myself. But um, there's some, because of the, you know, the, the weight penalties and everything else, the reverse grids, that's why touring cars never get sorted out until the last round. Almost every year, I think, it's got to the last round um, because you can't keep on winning because all the weight goes on and back you go down the grid and the guys that haven't <laughs> got the weight come to the fore. It's, it's all quite staged to the to, to create, you know, excitement. And, and that's why it's so successful. And, and round Thruxton, the whole programme of racing, whether it's Ginetta Juniors or Formula 4s or touring cars, is always fabulous racing around Thruxton. Fast-flowing circuit, you know. The, and, the um, fastest racetrack in the UK, is that correct, Tiff? Indeed, it is. Yeah, so, so that's the way to go. go so next week flow. should be exciting. Hopefully you've enjoyed this week as well. And uh, we're going to... 
we're going to change things a little bit in terms of where we publish these. So podcasts is available on uh, Apple, Spotify, all the different, all the big podcasts. So you can download the audio, but video, we're going to put it on a slightly separate channel, but sort of linked to the Lovecast channel for video, just so for further reference. But if you're watching it on video, you kind of know that anyway, because that's where you're, you're, you're watching us now. So thanks for tuning in. As always, thanks. Yeah, let us know what you think. If you disagree with us, tell us, comment. Yeah. Get some. I'll, I'll comment back as well with some extra. <laughs> what's, your, what's your username? It's Nadel Tiff, isn't it? And people say, that's not really you. <laughs> no, it's me. If, if it's answering, it's me answering. Yeah. So um, well, I love debate and I love and I hope you're enjoying watching these shows where we just, you know, try to open up the world of motorsport to people that may be missing out on things. And we want to know more as well. One of the great things is when people suggest the motorsport that perhaps we, or you don't know about, I don't know anything about motorsport. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'd love to hear about all different sort of motorsports. So keep them coming as well. Keep the comments coming. Cheers all. Cheers. <laughs>